Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Uh, Today we're preparing for communion, very special communion service, or Christmas communion. And if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, if you need a Bible, raise your hand nice and high, my Bible girls are ready to bring them. My blue-haired, purple-haired Bible girls are ready to bring them. So they're coming. And if you're using this Bible, it's page 685. Otherwise, first book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew, okay? And if you need a Bible, be our guest. Take that. It's our gift. We also have tapes and CDs. They're all free in the back. Help help yourself or you go on the podcast and listen to the services if you've missed any of them, okay? Okay. But the title for today is You'd Better Watch Out. Matthew 7, 1. We're going to finish up that verse. And you all know the Christmas song. I don't, you don't have to, we don't have to sing it, right? But you better watch out. And I, I milk that for all it's worth. Because I get one month where I have the upper hand, you know. It's in, you know I, can, I can just keep saying, hey, you better watch out. Christmas is coming. You're down to two presents. Down to, you know, I adjust the number on how well they're doing. And, and, I, and that's my one chance that I have them over a barrel and I can, certain ones I can, you know, control them for that 30 days, right? Whatever. 23 days ago. Uh, I use it. But there is a for real threat. It's not Santa. It's God's threat. And we're going to look at that today because last week, we, two weeks ago, we actually were, said do not judge. And if you weren't there for that beginning part, listen to that, get the CD, get the tape, podcast. But it says do not judge. And we talked about how it doesn't mean that we can't call sin, sin. It also doesn't mean that we have to fall for this counterfeit tolerance out there or that we shouldn't have any discernment because discernment for a Christian is very important, very vital. And make sure you listen to that if you missed that. But it does mean that we can only judge Actions. Remember we talked about we can only judge actions. We can't judge the motive or somebody's character. That's God's job. But we can judge actions, and that's the only thing we're allowed to judge. And we talked about how uh, judgmental we can be. Jesus is warning us against this, how judgmental we can be. We go beyond the actions till we judge, you know, a lot of things. We're, we're very judgmental. We become gossipy. Nobody here gossips, I'm sure. Uh, we become critical. We talked about nitpicking. Make sure you listen to that. Uh, and even a church can become a very mean place. I was just at the farm, and there's no more chickens. The fox, fox, foxes, fox. Is it plural? Anyway, multiple little red dog-like animals. They, uh, they cleared out all our chickens. They killed them all. And, but before that, I used to like to go to the chicken coop, and the kids used to get the eggs and fun. But what I didn't like about chickens is if one got a wound, they got hurt, they got bit, they got lost some feathers, the other chickens would start coming up and pecking at that chicken. And you do this now, right, Ed? What happens if you don't get that chicken out in time? It'll be eaten alive. The next morning, it's dead. They will take every feather off of that chicken, and they'll peck it to death. And because they go after that wound. It sounds crazy, but it sounds sick, but don't we do the same thing? People are the same way. Somebody makes a mistake, somebody does something wrong, they got a wound. And so often, even kids in little, even kindergartners, you see them in school, picking on, it's just natural to us. It's to our, our fallen state. Natural, we, we, we go after people, judgmental. And that's what Jesus is warning against. Don't become like those chickens in the coop. He warns us and he says, you better watch out because there's very serious consequences for this. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for bringing us all here today. 
And we just pray, we thank you for this communion, Christmas communion service, and pray that your spirit would speak to us. Whatever you need to convict us on, whatever you need to transform in our heart, whatever, however your love needs to pour out into our hearts to other people, we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Matthew 7, and I'll, we're on the five verses, but we're not obviously going to get through five verses, but I'll just read the first five verses because it's a section there. It says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured out to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So we're going to get to those other verses later. But today we're going to finish up that verse 1. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Now, what this doesn't mean, and this is a common interpretation you hear, is if you're mean to others, they will be mean to you. That's kind of like you know the, the karma thing. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. So, no, they, you know, if you're mean to others, they'll be mean to you. That's, 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 not what, that's not what this means, right? What it does mean, though, is if we practice, Jesus, we talk about the unbiblical judgment. If we practice unbiblical judgment, God will judge us. And once again, this is often distorted to as long as you're nice to other people, especially in our society, as long as you're nice to other people, God won't judge us. It's not what it means. It, it's, and it's often used to stress never judging, which is unbiblical. A lot of people use this verse to say, don't ever judge. That's unbiblical. We're called to discern the good from the bad. If you weren't here last week, listen to this. It's also used often with a false gospel. As long as you are nice to your fellow man. You've got many churches around here. Go visit. As long as you're nice to your fellow man and you don't judge them. As long as you're nice to everybody, God won't judge you. Someday you're going to come up to the gate, St. Peter, and he'll say, were you nice to everybody? And if you were, come on in. St. Peter will let you in. Okay? That's not what this means. St. Peter doesn't control the gate, first of all. But anyway, we'll get to that another time. Uh, no. Jesus is warning against unbiblical judgment. And someday we will all be judged at God's throne. Every one of us will be judged at the throne. And if we judge others wrongly, we're going to have to answer for it. That's what Jesus is stressing here. They're not being, being judged by people. He's stressing, Jesus is stressing, if you judge people unbiblically the wrong way, then someday you're going to stand before God and be judged for that. We're going to have to answer for that. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting there in shock. Now, wait a minute. I thought if I was a Christian, there was no fear of judgment anymore. I know a lot of you are thinking that, right? What's going on? What is this all about? Well, in a sense, that's true. Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1, one of my favorite verses. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We, can, we do not have to fear condemnation. But it doesn't say that we'll never be judged. We'll get to that in a little bit here. But it's true. We don't have to fear condemnation. If you have put your faith in Christ, if there's a time in your life where you were born again, where you became a Christian, and the word born again, right in John chapter 3, it's a biblical term. If you were, when you were spiritually reborn, when you said, God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. That's what communion is all about. The bread is his body. The, the cup is his blood. It's representative of what Jesus gave. He died on that cross for us, for our sin, for the wrong we've done. He took our place, our punishment. He took God's wrath on himself. If you have put your faith in Christ, you said, God, I, I repent of my sin, all the sin in my life, and we all have many, many sins. I repent of that. I want to turn away from that. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. 
I put my faith in him. When you take that step, you are forgiven. And, and you, we are no longer have to fear the eternal punishment anymore. We don't have to fear hell. We don't have to fear God's wrath. We don't have to fear that ever again because it's gone. And someday every person is going to stand before the throne. In fact, in Revelation, uh, Revelation 20, remember we were in Revelation 20 when we were studying that? Some of you were here for that. And in Revelation 20, it talks about the great white throne judgment. And it says here how, how we're going to be judged. It says, verse 20, verse 12, uh, chapter 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of Life. Then I want to jump down to verse 15. If anyone's name is, was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. We all will stand before God's throne. And I know there's different thrones, and I don't want to get into that whole thing. It's a whole other sermon. But, but the, we will all stand before God someday, and if, if our name is not written in the book of life, we will be thrown into hell. The Bible teaches that very, very clearly. Can't be any more clear teaching in the Bible than that. All right? The... How do, we get our, how do we get our name in the book of life? That's the critical part. God doesn't want us in hell. He doesn't want to leave us there. He doesn't want to leave us separated by sin in our rebellion and, and, and the wall between him. So he's broken down that wall. That's what Christmas is all about. He sent his son Jesus to not just be born, but to grow up and to communion once again, to give his life for us, to pay the penalty for us, to, to be a ransom, a substitute for us. And how do we get our name in that book of life? The same Apostle John who wrote Revelation also wrote 1 John 5, 12 and 13. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God, oh, I'm, I'm blurring something. Who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. You can know. I know some of you grew up in Christian traditions where you're taught you can never know for sure. And you can never, you can know. The Bible says you can know. Don't listen to what some religious teaching or religious leader taught. The Word of God says you can know you have eternal life. How? By having the Son. When you put your faith in trust in Jesus Christ, that's when we pass from death to life. Jesus said, John 6, 47, I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. That's, so we don't have to fear the condemnation. No Christian, if you have put your faith in Christ, no Christian ever has to fear eternal punishment and the wrath of God again. This, our sins are forgiven. That's what communion is all about. That's what Christmas is really all about. But that does not mean, and then this is where we've got to connect the dots here, that does not mean that we will never be judged by God for any sin, including unbiblical judgment. Unbiblical judgment is just, the, the wrong kind of judgment is just one sin. We're going we're gonna to be judged for every sin we do because it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, we still are judged. Now the best time to deal with sin is when? Here. This is the time to deal with our sin. 1 John 1, 9, if we, and now you hope you have this memorized, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Daily, if we come to God daily and repent of our sin and ask him to forgive us, and if we daily go to other people and make things right when we've wronged them, and, and we looked at that, remember in, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, the Sermon on the Mount, we talked about that. When we keep doing that, if we make something right and we make things right with God, we keep it clean. We're not going to be judged for it. But if there's something that's not repented of in the here and now, 
Or if we never make something, if there's something that we've never made right with, with someone else, a Christian brother or sister, we never make it right, God will judge us when we come before him. There's going to be a disciplining judgment that comes before. Listen, if there's two, think about it, if there's two Christians and they hate each other's guts, right? And, and then they get up to heaven and they're, what are they just going to go be best friends? You know, what are they going to BF, whatever, best friend. Anyway, whatever the, the, the saying is. Uh, what's that? BFF. They're going to be BFF in heaven now just because they're in heaven? No, there's going to be a little sit-down time. I know when my kids are fighting, and they never do, but if they did, uh, when, they, when they're at each other's throats, a couple, I will sit, they're like, okay, let's go to McDonald's. No, wait, hold on, sit down. And I will sit down, and we were going to work things out. And I, sometimes I have to get stern. Uh, you have to get stern, and I have to say, this is where you're wrong, and this is where you're wrong, and, and this is where I'm wrong. And, and, uh, and we, we have to work it out before we can go off and have fun together, you know, do whatever we're going to be doing as a family. I have to work that out. And the same thing is going to happen in heaven someday. God's going to sit us down, and you're going to be called to the principal office. We're going to be called there, and hey, you need to work something. You did something wrong with this person. You need to make it right with them. That's, that's going to happen in eternity. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have to sit down and be disciplined. And there are so many born again evangelical Christians out there. They're under a delusion. We that, we 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 believe in the USA today that we can live any way we want to, and there's nothing but a cloud and harp waiting for us, or or a cloud and a super special iPhone waiting for us in heaven someday, right? They're just going to get all kinds of good things and, and nothing's going to... And, and there's so much messed up teaching today. The easy believism. Just raise your hand. Okay, everything's good. No fruit? What What happened to the fruit? We'll get to that in a few weeks. Uh, there's there's this health, wealth gospel. You turn on the TV and almost every one of them teach health and wealth and you send me money, you're going to be rich. You know, And, and it's just garbage. It's Joel Osteen and what the false gospel of this Joel Olstein guy. Just garbage. It's garbage out there. It's, uh, there's, just, there's just so much, even the whole seeker-sensitive movement. Now, I'm, I think we should be seeker-sensitive. Churches should be. But so many churches become so seeker-sensitive, they're not God-sensitive. They, they don't preach the truth anymore. And, and it's very important that we don't fall under the same False teaching is what it really is. It's a false gospel. Most people in the USA think that they can live any way they want and there'll be nothing but rewards from Santa God. Because that's who they, that's who they picture. They think of God as Santa. He's just waiting. They might not get as many presents as they could have got, but they're going to get presents. And they're just, you know, this is a big, warm, loving guy up in the sky and all he is waiting to do is give us presents in heaven someday. Now, God is loving. He gave his own son. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a lot of love. But there's still, there's still God's holiness and justice and wrath. And God's attributes are more than just Santa, loving Santa, right? There's so many. I'm going to give us a reality check. A lot of you don't need it, but, but just in case you need a reality check. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10 says this. Okay, it's behind me. Good. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from him. I'm in the wrong one. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, Paul, who's Paul writing to in the current Corinth? Christians. 
This is writing, he's writing to the church. He says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Who's all? We are all. That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Some of you are shocked, aren't you? Oh, wow. We are all going to appear before God. And he's gonna, he's, there's going to be a judgment time. Before we get off and get our harp and cloud, there's going to be a judgment time. I remember the first time I shared this with one of my youth groups. I was a youth pastor. And I'll never forget it. I shared this verse and the kids went into shock. They went into conniptions. They had their parents arguing with me about this. Trying to explain this away. And you know why? Because a lot of these kids were not living. They were scared. Wait, 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 wait. You mean God's going to judge me for how I act, how I live? You know, and, and, and it's scary to me too because I know what I'm like and what I do. And we will all be judged. Understand something. We will all be judged by God. It's not all, not everybody's going to get a trophy. That's what I don't like about sports now, you know. Everybody gets a trophy, you know. And, and the kids, they get kindergarten, they get a trophy, get a trophy. I remember one of our kids, we went from the town team to a travel team. And I remember at the party, the, they went to travel where they don't get a trophy from, only the winning team gets a trophy. And I remember the kids were, came out of the party and they were third place in their league. And they said, what? One of the kids goes, where's the trophy? We're leaving. I don't get a trophy. And, and the dad said, well, you didn't win anything. You know? and, uh, and it was the kid couldn't deal with it. But there's a lot of us spiritually same way. We think we're just going to get to heaven and get our trophy. And, and listen, yes, we will get heaven. If you have put your faith in Christ, you don't have to fear condemnation. We will get into heaven if we have true faith and there's some fruit to show with it. There's got to be fruit, which we'll look at at the end of Matthew 7. But how do you want to face God, your Father? Our Heavenly Father, how do we want to face Him? How do we want to face Him? Report cards just came out. <laughs> some kids bring home good report cards and some don't. And I'm not talking about those who do their best and whatever the grade doesn't matter, but some obviously don't do their best, right? And what's it like when you come home to your parents with a report card is not doing your best, whatever that is? Or parents, how do you respond when your kids bring home a report card that's not, you know, is not their best? There's all those comments, you know, does not pay attention, doesn't come prepared, disrespectful, all those things. You know, what's the response? It's disappointment. Now, they still get the, you're not kicking them out of the house for the bad report card. They get, still get to stay in the house, right? They're still your child, just like us and God. We're, we're, we're still God's child. When we get to heaven, we still get to stay in his house. There's mansion, many mansions. We still get to stay in that, that house, right? Uh, we get to stay in heaven. But, but will, God, will God, our Father, be proud of us or disappointed in us? How, what's going to be the response? How, how, what's going to be his response? Another verse, another really good one, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3, 13, to, 13 through, I'll start with verse 12. 1 Corinthians 3.12, Paul talking says, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survive survives he will receive his reward if it is burned up he will suffer loss he himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames 
Wow. When we stand before God's throne someday, our life and what we've done will be tested with fire. Now, I'm not talking about purgatory, which is, is not in the Bible anywhere. We're already in before God's presence. We're not in, like, hell light here, right? You know, which is ridiculous. It's just, it's just false, it's false teaching as there's ever been. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. There's no in-between. There's no between place, right? This is, but this is at God's throne. There's going to be fire testing. And the gold and the silver. What lasts out of all that stuff? It's the gold and the silver. The things that we do for God are going to come through. The good that we've done is going to come through. That will be our reward. Remember we talked about that Matthew 7? You can't take it, or Matthew 6. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Remember that? We talked about Matthew 6, treasures in heaven. We'll get our reward. But it says here, Paul says, some will get are going to get in by the skin of their teeth. They're going to get, yes, saved, but no rewards. As one escaping, if you've ever Known anybody who's been in a house fire, I hope nobody here has been. But they get through the fire, they get out alive, but everything is lost. And a, a lot of people in God's presence, this is written to Christians, are going to come to heaven, and they're going to get there, but that's a, that, there's going to be no rewards. There's going to be nothing. Is, is that how, let me ask this, how do we want to start off eternity? Now, heaven's heaven. It's going to be awesome. But how do we want to start off eternity? You know that song, Mercy Me? I can only imagine how great it's going to be to see Jesus. I love that song. But you know what? <laughs> Guess what? It's not going to be happy for everybody. I know he's going to have to discipline me for plenty of stuff. But imagine if we wasted our life or wasted what he's given us, our talents, our abilities, our spiritual gifts, our resources, I wasted, did not maximize, and we stand before God, what it's going to be like. We're, we're, is that how we want to start off eternity? Singed and smoke smell? You know what I mean? That's what it's going to be like. My dad was, uh, recently had a barn fire. One of his, he went out to check the barns that night, and he saw a fire, and one of the tractors had caught on fire. And he went running out there, and one of the tractors was really on fire. It was shooting up. It was really, really hot, catching the barn roof on fire. And, and he jumped on a little tractor next to it. The big one was gone, but he got on the little one and backed it out, and he's pulling machinery out. And he gets all done, and he is all like, you know smoked and singed and, 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 and my mom was mad at him for trying to save, who cares about these stupid tractors, you almost got killed and he, even when I was back visiting he said I still have trouble breathing sometimes I could just, it was so hot the air I was breathing and the smoke and, but, he, but he got out alive, he made it, he got out alive right? That's what a lot of us are going to feel like when we get to heaven when God is done refining our life our works that's what it's going to be like. And it's very important that we keep that perspective. Our earthly actions have eternal consequences. Our every earthly action has an eternal consequence. And that's what comes out in this verse here. The movie Jumper, I love that movie. The, the guy could jump to different places, wherever he was, but, but he misused his ability, and he started going and robbing banks, and he left IOUs, but he was still stealing the money, and did all kinds of things that he shouldn't have been doing, because he had this ability. And I remember when the, 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 the jumper police guy, I think it was Morgan Freeman, catches him, and, and had him caught, and, and he said, and I remember his line, because it was so classic, he says, did you think there would be no consequences? There are always consequences. And I just thought that was such a classic line, because there are there, every earthly action has an eternal consequence. Have you 
put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Christ? Is your name written in the book of life? Have you ever put your faith and trust in Christ? Come and repent it for sin. Past, present, and future. Repent it and put your faith in Christ. That's what this communion is all about. 1 John 5, 12 and 13. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Do you know you have eternal life? Have you come and asked for forgiveness? Knowing that you have, can have that relationship with God as your Father. And if you have taken that step as Christians, are we ready to face our Father? 1 John 1, 9. If you haven't memorized this, memorize it and live it every day. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. We have to daily come to him and, and, and make things right with God and other people as he leads us to. If we don't, this is the time to deal with it. Otherwise, we're carrying baggage to heaven. It's silly. We can be forgiven here and now. We don't have to be disciplined in heaven. We don't have to have everything burned up in heaven. We can, we can, we can keep that closeness and that, that communion with them. We don't have to carry that baggage to heaven. I think I told this story, but I, I was at a soccer tournament in Chicago, and I found a really cool fossil. If you've been to my house, I'm sure you may have noticed it, or I may have showed you 14 or 15 times. But my footprints, my footprint one. I have this footprint. I found it in the creek, and, and the only problem was it was 75 pounds. This rock. And I'm in Chicago, and I have one suitcase, right? And long story short, it was hard getting home, all right? I had to leave a lot of things in the hotel, and I got it in this suitcase, and it was really heavy. And, and, and I get to the airport, and the guys are like, what are you bringing? What are you stealing, gold or something? And I go, no. And then I had to open up and show them it was a rock. And they thought that was hilarious. What, do you have any rocks in Pennsylvania? And, and everybody's taking pictures. They all thought it was just hilarious, right? Uh, it was a, it was a, I was probably on the news that night. I don't know. It was, they got a real kick out of it. But they could not believe I was lugging this rock home. But now I have this beautiful fossil rock, which I'll show you if you come over. Anyway, see ya. So, but a lot of us, that was pretty crazy, right? Kim thinks I'm crazy. Plus it cost me an extra, I'm not going to say how much it costs. Sorry, Kim. But anyway, the, uh, the, uh, the, it, but, but a lot of us do the same crazy thing. We're logging things to heaven that we can leave here, that can be disposed of, that we can ask for forgiveness for. And, and when we come to God someday, and, and it could be today, every one of us, it could be today, will he be proud of us or disappointed in us? In the daily communion, communion is just a reminder, but that daily communion is the key. We have to daily come to him and keep it clean. And, and we don't have to fear God's discipline. We don't have to fear the, the judgment someday if we daily repent and daily confess. And, and that's what communion is all about. And, and, and also, if you haven't put your faith in Christ, you don't have to fear judgment someday because that's what communion is all about. Is, is we don't have to face that judgment because we can come and put our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. As we come to this time of communion, I want to just start off with some prayer. And maybe your prayer today is you are ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You want to have your name written in the book of life. You can take that spiritual step today. You can be spiritually reborn today. You can become a brand new person in Jesus Christ today. 
because of what Jesus did on that cross. And it all starts with a prayer. A prayer from you to God. Just something like, God, I, I want you to be my father. I want to put my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. I repent of my sin, past, present, and future. I repent of it. I turn away from it. And I ask you to forgive me because of the cross. Forgive me because of the cross. For those who have put our faith in Christ already, but how is the Holy Spirit convicting us? We don't have to fear God's judgment if we commune with him and if we confess daily to him and we make things right when God tells us to. We don't have to fear that judgment. He wants to, to, he wants to forgive us here and now, daily. What is God speaking to us? What is our Father speaking to us about? Can we stand before him? Will we disappoint or will we be proud of us? We know we're going to get into heaven, but what's it going to be like, that start of eternity? What will it be like? Our communion with our Father is what will determine our eternity. While we're having this time of prayer, in just a little bit, I'm going to, we're going to just show a, a video. Dave Rodriguez put together a beautiful video about Christmas and communion, really. And when that's done, we'll just open up the communion table, and when you're ready, just come up and take it back to your seat. You could take it alone. You could take it with someone, however you feel that, but just to take the, the cup and the bread. But if there's something that we're not willing to repent of or confess, then, then wait. Or if we're not ready to put our faith in Christ yet, then wait. But I pray that everybody here Ask for forgiveness. And everybody here puts their faith in Christ and communes with him, not just this morning, but, but every day. Father, we pray that you would commune with us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.